What is going on, everybody? That is right. Goodbye. Goodbye to Prestas. First, first company down in 2015. We're ringing in the new year with style, as I'd like to say. Hopefully, you guys are all doing well out there. Happy New Year. Happy Christmas and Hanukkah and uh, all the rest. We are here today on the Sports Card Show podcast. Another coronation rising from the ashes uh, type moment for me and those in the industry, the few in the industry that see the business model as broken and something that is is likely unsustainable for everyone involved, not just the most recent card company to go busto, and that's Press Pass. So in case you've been living under a rock or under all your baseball cards, Press Pass is gone. No more NASCAR cards, and that's about all they made. They made some uh, Elvis Presley. Obviously, they did a little bit of preseason uh, football cards normally, um, but that business has kind of been dwindling and declining as you saw Upper Deck um, take over the college license and now Panini controls a large portion of that um, themselves now. So you can start connecting the dots. And basically, the one of the better questions to ask outside of what happens to all the redemption cards and obligations that press pass may or may not have to collectors. That would be, that was the first thing that jumped to my head, not, Oh, who's going to make NASCAR cards or, Oh, I'm so sorry for the four people that actually work there. I don't care about any of that. Who cares about NASCAR cards and who cares about, uh, people's jobs. You can find a new job. What happened if you uh, spent $150 on a box or $200 on a box and you pulled a Dale Jr. autograph or Jeff Gordon or Jimmy Johnson or whoever and now you're not going to get it? And I'll let that sink in. Is everybody's worried about, oh, who's going to make NASCAR? I wonder if Upper Deck will start making NASCAR or maybe Panini will get in or Tops will do it. Who cares? Oh, and this guy, oh, the two people that work there are out of a job. Oh, so sad. If you can't find another job, I mean, unemployment's, I mean, I know the government probably manipulates that number to, to their favor, but come on, if you can't find a new job, it means you have no skills. But number one on my mind and everybody out there listening to this should be, what I've had two or three NASCAR collect. I remember we had, a, if, if you guys have been listening to the show um, for the last month or so, last two or three months, well, I had a listener who I'm, I'm going to contact. I probably should have contacted him uh, before I, I came on today's show, but I'm going to contact him here and see how he feels about this and see if he, maybe he, I bet he might've had something coming from press pass or if it happened maybe a month or two ago, he might've had something. There were people out there collecting this stuff. And there's shops out there that specialize in, in NASCAR. I feel the second person I feel bad for is the hobby shops that this was maybe a portion of the income, maybe ever so small, maybe half a 1% or 1% of their sales was press pass. But 1% is 1%, especially to a sports card owner, sports card shop owner. I know personally how small of a margin and how tight of a margin it runs and, and any kind of downturn will, you know, it talked to most hobby shop owners. They're not all upbeat and joyous. They're just, oh, I'm happy to be open, happy to be here, happy to still be in business. It's not, oh, I'm happy I just bought a new Mercedes or, oh, I'm happy I just bought the PlayStation 4 and, oh, I'm happy I just, you know, bought all this new stuff or, you know, it's just I'm happy to be here. And I guarantee you there was, you know, not a lot of shops, but there was certainly a portion of shops that probably did have some NASCAR clientele. That probably did make a lot of money off this stuff, whether it online or or on in a store or, or both. I've, those are the people I feel second worst for. They might have had some pre-orders in. They might have already sold some of this stuff. Now they got to refund money. 
they might have customers now coming back and saying, hey, why why am I not getting my redemptions? What happened? Might lose some business. So those are the people I feel second worst for. And that's it. Who cares? Guys, the stupidest question you can ask is who's going to make NASCAR cards next? First of all, who cares? And second of all, Press Pass didn't Press Pass obviously went bankrupt trying to make NASCAR cards. Do you think somebody else wants to come in there and nobody bought Press Pass? That should tell you another thing too. I'm sure this was like a last resort type thing for Press Pass was to finally just shut its doors and say bye-bye to everybody and F you if you have a redemption or an obligation for us. Chances are they probably owe vendors money. They might even owe Jeff Gordon and Dale Jr. money. They might owe NASCAR money. They probably owe past rent. If they can't obligate a couple of redemption cards, I mean, it wasn't many. Thank God this isn't tops or upper deck, but imagine when that happens. And it's likely, it's not if, it's when this same thing happens to Upper Deck or this same thing happens to Tops or this same thing happens to some some other company along the lines of Press Pass. But I think collectors will really feel it when Upper Deck goes bye-bye because how in the heck is Upper Deck in business? Yeah, I know they have Michael Jordan and LeBron James and Tiger Woods and et cetera, et cetera. And that probably makes some money. But they just lost their ability to make pretty much 90% of their sets. And shoot, if they lose the UN, I think they still have North Carolina as one of the teams they can put logos on, but they don't have a whole lot else. Yeah, there's UDA, and yeah, they're making hockey cards, but hockey cards are nothing. Hockey cards are probably on the same lines or similar lines as NASCAR cards, probably marginally profitable. Sure, hockey cards will sell more. There's more people collecting hockey cards. More people seem to care about hockey cards, but it's likely on the same profitability scale. And we saw when that's the only thing you have going for you, you have to, I mean, Press Pass was like three people, four people running the company. It wasn't some big company. Most educate, most of you guys are educated to know these companies don't own crap. They own a little bit of office space and some headcount, and that's it. We saw Press Pass's IP and their trademarks and all this stuff. It's not worth anything. Somebody will buy it. Somebody will pick it up, but it's not going to cost them much of anything at all. Just kind of time and effort. And it certainly wasn't worth enough to cover some obligations. I guarantee you Press Pass owes people money, a lot more people money than collectors, and that's why they can't dime the collector out. So Upper Deck now is going to have to whittle itself down to a five-person operation, a three-person operation. And who knows if the NHL wants to maintain an exclusive card license with somebody that employs three people or maybe starts paying or maybe gets late or maybe the guarantees don't hit. So we'll see what happens, but my guess is 2015 got off to a bang, but it's, it's really, and when you look back, after this year is over and maybe 16, 18 months out, you're going to say this was just a single. Press pass going bye-bye was a single. It was like a base hit. But when Upper Deck can't make any more money, that might be that might get a lot more people's attention. Or when Tops, who owes mi- tens of millions of dollars in October of this year, not even 12 months away at this point. Owes multiple millions of dollars on a term loan. That's probably 10% of the whole value of the company. If they sold the company, they owe in debt probably about as much as the company's worth.
And what happens when Top stops making football cards? And the market for baseball cards has been declining, declining, declining. It's it's leveled off to a certain degree in the last few years, but it's declined. For the last seven to eight years, the business of, of I mean, Upper Deck made a higher bid to buy tops in 2007. And now we're talking about them going bye-bye with press pass. So you better believe, oh, tops will never, tops is rich. Tops has these mobile apps that make all this money. No, they don't. Could have a whole segment on nobody's making money in mobile apps except for Apple and Google and Amazon to a certain degree because a lot of those mobile apps are hosted on their Amazon web services, which they might not make any money on. Amazon doesn't really, I mean, why do you think everybody loves Amazon? It's because it's, they, they lose money to your benefit. So But nobody's making money on mobile apps. Candy Crush just sucks money. Every game Zynga makes, you see how much money they lose. And Candy Crush and all there's, I think, another app maker out there. Look at EA Sports and that stock. You have to sell hundreds hundreds of millions the only people really making money in mobile apps is whoever is number one once you hit number one you're going to make a little bit of money but then you've got to hit another hit tops is just trying to pump up that side of the business so they can sell it so they can sell it to somebody with some upside because a guy looking at tops that says oh uh you know sales are flat Year over year, the last three years are down to flat the last three years. And they're half of what they were uh, just a couple years ago. So there's no upside there. Oh, and we're losing football. Oh, and we've lost basketball. We don't make hockey. All we do is really make ring pops, make soccer cards, UFC cards, and baseball cards. Not that profitable. It's not really that much more impressive than what Press Pass was doing with like four people. And Tops has like offices in like Manhattan, like high, high square foot rent. I mean, you think rent's expensive where you live. Go, go try to rent something in Manhattan. I mean, good Lord. I think it's expensive out here in California. And in some places, it's probably pretty close to Manhattan and New York level, hard in New York levels, but probably not that high. Unless you're like in Carmel or something like that or Bel Air. So I th- I think why it's it's interesting that press pass is gone. I think it's just part of the domino effect. The other thing I worry about is it sets the precedence. Now you can stiff customers, and you'll have people on Twitter. Oh, uh, I'm sorry for the guys. I'm sorry for the people that lost their job, and oh, I'm sorry, you know, for the for the people that collected NASCAR. Oh, but I didn't. Who cares? Oh, uh, you know, who's going to make NASCAR now? If that's all you get, that if that's all the backlash you get for stiffing however many customers, probably some of them, I mean, most of the people that collected NASCAR were probably big spenders. Were probably people that spent almost exclusively all their collector money on NASCAR. Those are the kind of guys that got screwed. Guys that spent their almost probably 100% of their budget on NASCAR cards. Those are the guys that are left holding all these redemptions. Or that will buy a box when it goes on sale, you know, a year from now. And he'll pull a redemption and he can't do anything about it. There's just not enough of those guys. Those guys are not on Twitter. They probably have better things to do. But definitely, if you're out there, make your displeasure known. Nobody, you know, the thing is, is like these employees, they go and work for Panini. Or they'll go and work for Upper Deck or they'll go and work for Tops. And then when they blow up those companies, they just go and work for something else. But I don't like the precedent was that was set. I don't like that. Press pass can just walk away, wipe their hands, say, sorry, 
to anybody we have an obligation to, bye-bye. Oh, what do you think Upper Deck will do when their turn comes? Or what do you think Tops will do? I mean, we'll have to we'll have to get suicide counselors out for some of you guys out there if Tops or and or Upper Deck do the same thing. Oh, but for press pass, it's ah whatever. I didn't collect NASCAR. I don't know anybody that collects NASCAR. Who cares? Who's got you know? Maybe Upper Deck will make NASCAR. What a joke! But like I said, I think it's just just a, the start of the dominoes I've been seeing for years. I've been telling you guys, group break industry not as hot as it seems. It's not going to turn the hobby around. It's a lot of work. There's In the end, there's only going to be maybe a handful of people out there in the whole world that want to do that full-time, day after day, year after year. We're talking about less than six people probably in the whole world that will do that. Because it's a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of, you know, at some point you've got to feed your family. And really, there's only room... A lot more than six will want to do it, but there's only room for four or five breakers in the whole world that really do it full time. The rest of you guys will just kind of do it as a sideshow like it was before, but it's not turning around the industry. Oh, and, and years ago, DA and blowout will start doing it or some of the bigger brands will start doing it. Oh, and maybe I remember I thought it was a really distant and outside possibility. Maybe tops and panini will start group breaking. And, of course, all of that played out almost exactly. And it's still playing out right now. We're still seeing consolidation with the breakers. Guys that used to be big and, oh, I have all the respect and, oh, I'm making all this money. Now are gone. Gone. Almost with the same explanation and the same kind of quickness and suddenness that Presspass did. That's because behind the scenes, behind the, oh, I'm balling, oh, I'm, I'm boom hitting, I'm hitting everything. Oh, you know, we're at the, we're at the industry summit. Oh, we're at the, at the national. Behind all that, there's a lot of struggle. And there's not a lot of money being made. There's a, there's a decent amount of revenue being made, but have a bad, have a bad couple weeks, bad month, bad two months, and they're gone. Gone. Same with. Press pass. They had more than probably a bad couple months. They probably had a bad couple years. But just gone. Their runway ran out. And right behind them is Upper Deck. And right behind them is Tops. Of the manufacturers we talk a lot about. Certainly we've seen other little minor deals where ITG ITG combines with Leaf. I guarantee you that was a no cash, no whatever deal. That was one guy barely making any money combining with another guy that barely makes any money. But it should tell you a lot that Leaf didn't buy Press Pass or that Upper Deck or Panini or uh, Tops or Sage or, you know, whoever didn't buy press or somebody that wants that's the other biggest telling thing is no new money no new investor wanted to buy press pass and that's the biggest problem with all these sports card companies and ultimately when we talk about the exclusive licenses and whatever whether it's a card manufacturer's decision or a league's decision ultimately that has killed the ability for one card company to sell to another for a higher price or a higher premium. Last time we saw that was in 2007 when, you know, three or four people had the baseball license and everybody was making basketball, everybody was making football. Upper Deck bid to buy tops along with the the group that owns it now. And now for Upper Deck to buy tops, it would take um, a Hail Mary miracle. 
of some sort. Take Michael Jordan buying the whole company. I don't know. Michael Jordan probably doesn't even have that much just cash sitting around. So it's not good. You see these companies, they'll get whittled down, whittled down, whittled down, and then they have nobody to sell to. And there's no new money. I think that's the that's the biggest telling sign is there was no Steiner wants to get into it or Fan Addicts who does shows now didn't want to buy Press Pass or some partner with NASCAR, somebody that has a long relationship with NASCAR and maybe promoting the goods doesn't want to buy Press Pass. That, I think, is the most telling thing. And, why you know, Upper Deck's for sale. Tops is a bin for sale. But there's no money in there where it makes sense. Sure, you as a collector and kind of a novice, uh, maybe knowing about the business, oh, why, why wouldn't someone want to buy Tops? Why wouldn't someone want to buy uh, Upper Deck and make cards? Because it doesn't make any money. The companies have lots of debts, lots of obligations. They don't own anything proprietary. They don't make the cards. That's their biggest mistake in the past decade is none of them have invested in making the cards. Interest rates are nothing right now. You could borrow money for 4% or less. Even 6 7 8% is not much. Any one of these companies could have bought an actual printing facility and bought all the equipment or bought out a company that already kind of did it on a small scale and just kind of converted into the card manufacturing and developed some proprietary printing technologies that Tops couldn't use or Panini couldn't use or Upper Deck couldn't use and patented them. None of them did that. It's all outsourced to somebody else. And as you drive through areas of the country, most most uh, specifically Detroit and other places that were heavy on manufacturing, it's a ghost town now. Manufacturing in the U.S. is it's all done in China or Mexico now. And that trend is we've seen is not going to change. Certainly, there'll be certain things that are made in the U.S., but you better be able to sell it at a high margin. And so cards has to make the pro or makes the product in the United States pretty much the most expensive place in the world to do manufacturing and they don't make any margin on it. It's not like perfume or jewelry or, you know, coach purses or, or something with a ridiculously high margin. So definitely some problems in the industry. Definitely some things that I've been bringing up and a select, a very small select few. If you bring this stuff up at the industry summit, they don't let you come back. They don't want you there. And I draw the analogy to the dork that has the hottest girl in school come up to him and ask him to the dance. And then he, oh, 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 oh. he, he, mutters and stumbles and and runs away that's kind of how cards is anytime you you push it to the max or get its big opportunity it flops and it's all because people don't want to address the future they don't want to look two years down the road three years down the road four years down the road it's always the next product down the road or two products down the road because that's how tight things are. But if you bring up, oh, you know, that this doesn't make sense. Go to the industry summit and say, this doesn't make sense. Say it on Twitter and say, these guys are telling you a bunch of BS and, and they'll, you're, you're not allowed to come back. And that's why the industry, that's a large reason why the industry has been in decline and will continue to decline to almost non-existence to beanie babies or pog type levels. People think that's crazy. Oh, baseball cards always be around. Not really. People thought that about a lot of things. 
people probably thought, oh, you cordless phones, oh, this is as far, you know, everybody will always have a landline telephone and dial out and call long distance. Oh, then the cell phone came along. Bye-bye. Everybody always have cable TV and, you know, subscribe to something and, you know, otherwise you're stuck with antenna. Well, not really. I haven't had cable in, in eight years and I watched twice as much TV as I did when I did have cable. So on that note, why don't I get, instead of just doom and gloom, I'm going to give some suggestions. We're going to call these our 2015 New Year's resolution. We've got the industry, we've got collectors, we've got sellers, dealers, breakers, type people, and then I'll throw in my, so I didn't get any feedback. Maybe I'm just speaking to nobody now. That was like one of the first times I've asked for feedback two or three times in a show. I didn't get anybody to give me any feedback. So, you know. Maybe it's because of the holidays. Maybe it's because people tune me out. Maybe it's because nobody listens. But uh, usually I get some feedback. So maybe it wasn't that compelling. So I made all these up myself since I got no help from anybody else. The industry. What does the industry need for New Year's resolution? I would say more low-end products. Number one, I'm just going to go quick and I'm not going to go... I'm not going to name a bunch of New Year's resolutions. I think it it could be summed up. The industry needs to listen to the masses and not the collectors that are currently collecting today. I think one of the biggest mistakes I hear with manufacturers is, oh, everybody's collecting the high-end stuff or the high-end stuff is really popular on Twitter or these breakers or YouTube. That's not everybody. That's everybody collecting today. And we can see what did, what did Press Pass do over the last year? They came out with a lot of high-end stuff. High-end NASCAR, high-end football, autograph per pack type stuff. And what happened? They got murdered. They're gone. It's because all they did was listen to their collector base, which is shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. Stop listening to the people on Twitter. Stop listening to people with blogs. Stop listening to guys that have been collecting for 20 years. You need to start listening to the people that don't collect cards. Ask them why they don't collect cards. What would it take to have them come back? I guarantee you it's not spend $500 and watch some fat fucking group breaker break on a webcam. Guarantee you that 90% of the people in the world wouldn't say that. I guarantee you most of them would say, I want a dollar pack. I, I remember when cards were at Rite Aid. I remember when car, I mean, I, I know shelf space and distribution is kind of the whole challenge with this. But it's got to be a dollar, two dollars here and there. Only the people that are collecting now will buy $100, $200, $500, $1,500 boxes. We're not attracting any new buyers that way. Sure, I'm sure some of you guys will say, oh, I got into it because of it. Or, oh, I stumbled across it. You guys are few and far between. There's 10 times as many people that would buy a dollar pack of a sitting there on a counter or sitting there easy to get or sitting even online or on Amazon. I can buy, you know, a 30 pack box for $35 shipped. So the card companies need to stop listening to people like me sometimes. And certainly some of these morons on Twitter that are, oh, I'm sorry for the four employees at Press Pass. And, oh, I wonder who's going to make NASCAR cards first instead of the freaking people that actually paid their bills and supported them for the last couple years. How about those people? But number one news resolutions, start listening to people, your new customer. Try to target your new customer. Don't try to target the customer that you already have because it's already shrinking. It's not many. They don't make you very much money. And they don't make anybody any money. Car shop owners are struggling. They're not rich or making a lot of money or learn. Hey, it's not about having a, a 5,000 square foot house and four Mercedes and a Ferrari in the in four wives. 
That's not what it's about. It's about living comfortably to where you can pay your bills, pay your rent, you know, have a little food and, you know, maybe take a vacation every once in a while. Or, hey, if you have a, a health setback and you have some bills rack up, you can pay it. These guys can't even do that. It's because nobody's trying to reach and target the new customer. Reach the guy that collected cards in the 80s and then stopped, likely because it started getting too expensive. It went from a dollar, 50 cents, 75 cents here and there to $300, to $400, to $500. need to start reaching the lower end and the new customer and trust me if you do a survey of those people or you interview them none of them are going to say oh i want to open packs that are that are way overpriced on a on a webcam watch some guy in in minnesota open them on a webcam nobody's going to say that they're going to tell you i want to you know I want to see dollar packs. I want to see 50 cent packs. And if I get a Jersey card, cool. If I don't, whatever. This high end model is not working. Press pass is the very finest example of that. They've made high end stuff pretty much exclusively for the last year in NASCAR. They're number one. I'm sure they're number one revenue generating product and they're gone because while nascar there's a lot of nascar fans and a lot of them have a lot of money or at least some money it's not that many that they want to go blow a lot of that money on cards a lot of them love the little trinket nascar fans are as loyal and as dedicated and collect probably better than almost any other sport that's out there that's why the nascar brand and being a driver is so lucrative but these people don't want to spend 300 dollars every other day on a new set or a new card you're talking about what one percent of the population you know, there's always this 99% and the 1% out there. Those sports cards these days are only targeting the 1%. You guys should be advertising on the Wall Street Journal and Bloomberg. You shouldn't support guys on webcams. You guys need to get to, you know, start advertising on uh, Yahoo Finance. Start targeting the people that actually have money. People that have money don't surf around on Ustream.net. Or breakers dot whatever TV card whatever TV. No offense to anybody out there, but industry needs to start reaching the masses. That's number one, a number one goal in 2015. Otherwise, they're going to end up just like Press Pass. Sure, they might stretch it out another year, two years, but they'll be gone. Upper deck gone, tops gone. Collectors, number one thing you need to set for yourself as a New Year's resolution in 2015 is stop buying stuff you don't need or actually want. If buying cards has become kind of habit or an addiction for you, you need to stop. If you're just buying cards because that's what you've done the last few years and that's just what you do, you probably should stop and rethink what you're spending your money on. And I'll, I'll, I'll remember that I remember when my card store closed and I was struggling financially and I was like, how am I going to turn my life around? I was like, I'm going to I'm going to start, be, you know, next time I don't have any money now. Remember saying, I don't have any money now, but I know I'll have money or I'll have the ability to make money again in the future. And when that day comes, I want to be more responsible about it and I want to manage my money so it lasts and it grows and I don't have to work as hard as I get older. 
And I remember going to the library and I'd already, I already had a degree in finance and, and went to business school, but I went to the library and checked out a bunch of books on finance and personal finance and growing your wealth and whatever. And I remember one of the first books I picked up, one of the first sentences in the books was rich people have money and everybody else just has stuff. The middle class and the lower class has stuff. Rich people have money. And they take that money and they invest it. And they either buy houses or buildings or property or other businesses. Or they buy things like stocks. Or they just put it in the bank and they save it. The middle class, other lower class people just have stuff. They have DVDs. They have video games. They have cell phones and cameras and and golf clubs and printers and whatever. And sure, the rich people have that too. But they had the discipline not to go overboard or go above their means. And you need to start thinking about that like as a collector. I know I'm on check out my cards and I just bought 1,800 cards that I don't even know. I haven't even looked at them all. I don't even know who the players are. I don't even really care. But the price was right. But I'm going to be able to sell all those cards and actually make money over a long period of time, probably over several years. But it's an investment for me. But there's a lot of people when I go to card shows and card shops, I see a lot of people with kind of just that glazed look over their face and it's Oh, maybe I'll buy this box or maybe I'll buy that box. Just kind of, that's what they do. That's not healthy. And again, that's not the buyer we need in the hobby. Because those people will slowly, slowly get smaller and fade away and run out of money or spend all their money or go broke or just leave the hobby altogether. Why am I telling you to slow down and think about your collection and think about the cards you, you want to buy? Because I want you around in 10 years. I want you around in 20 years. Everybody out there that's, oh, buy this, buy for the last year, oh, buy Press Pass, buy, uh, buy Heroes and Sports, buy all these companies that aren't even going to be around in, in, in six months to a year. Buy, 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 buy. They don't care about you. Or, oh, I got a box of cards. It looks good, guys. I wouldn't pay my hard-earned money for it, but you should. You're going to get burnt out. You're going to feel lied to. You're going to feel betrayed. And you're going to leave the hobby. And that's what's happened over the last 10 years in the hobby. People have felt betrayed, felt ripped off, felt like they haven't gotten their money worth, and they've left. What I want to see is people think about their purchases more. Don't buy every set that comes out. Don't buy every card that comes out, especially the way they're making the cards right now. Sure, if they made it more to where, you know, really the way it should be, it should go back to low-end sets. Go back to collecting 350 base cards. Go back to trying to chase the whole set or chase the super rare cards. needs to go back to that, to where the autographs are one per case. Not one per box or five per box or ten per box. One per case or one every other case. You get an autograph. Everything else is base. They should go back to that. Because that ultimately is sustainable. Those are the collectors that support the hobby and keep it going. Not the guys that are trying to rip up, oh, I'm going to open, I'm going to get a case of Topps Chrome football and I'm going to rip it and flip it. I'm going to make all this money on eBay. Those, those are the guys that get burnt out because they, they didn't think things through enough. They didn't buy the product the way it should be intended to be sold. So stop buying. You can you can do the hobby a favor if you stop buying stuff you don't need. 
and just remember every time I'm like, anytime I'm out and I'm like, oh, I want to buy this. It's only five bucks or, oh, I'm going to buy this. It's only 40 bucks. I always remember there was a time when that was a lot of money to me. $40 was a lot. $50 was a lot of money. Especially what some of these boxes cost in packs. $150, $200. Yeah, if you only do it for your birthday or you only do it once a year, whatever. Or for one set, whatever. That's how I would get it to. But get out. If you're in the cycle of, oh, I'm buying every set that comes out or I'm buying into every break that comes out just because, you're you're going to be out of the hobby one day. You're going to be gone. need to start narrowing it down and start figuring out what you really want from the hobby. Figuring out a way to make it sustainable because buying everything that comes out is not going to be sustainable the path these companies are on. And second thing for collectors is support other collectors. Stop butt-kissing these companies that go out of business and are like four people in an office building. These guys will find jobs one day. I mean, again, the industry is if you worked here, you can go apply and it like instantly gets you the job for some reason. I mean, if I saw somebody applied for my company at Press Pass, I'd throw it away instantly. I'd be like, that company got ran into the ground. Somebody applies to me. Oh, they worked at Apple. Oh, they went to Harvard. Cool. Bring them in. Start supporting the collectors, the guys that lost all this mo- lost all their money or spent all this money on press pass. Feel bad for them. Don't feel bad for press pass or NASCAR with their freaking card license. That company, that NASCAR is a multi-billion dollar privately run organization that feeds the pockets of insiders like to death. Don't worry about them. Don't worry about some other company that might or might not make NASCAR cards. Stop worrying about the companies. They don't care about you. They don't even care about the cards. You can tell when they put Angel's Patches in a Don Mattingly card or when they put fake diamonds in a $1,500 box or they put player-worn stuff and they say it's game-used. They don't care about you. Start caring about the people that actually support them, that pay their bills. It's like caring about a politician. None of us care about a politician. Certainly, we don't want to see anything tragic happen to any of them. But I don't give a crap about anybody in Washington. I give a crap about all the people that send them their money and make them famous and give them book deals and conference halls and and make them more celebrities than public servants. I don't give a crap about anybody over there. And I think the same way about companies, Tops and Panini and Upper Deck. These are just names. And again, if the employees lose their job, well, chances are they can go over to Beckett or go over to check on my cards or go wherever and you get hired instantly. And if you don't get hired, it means you probably need some new skills. If you don't have a job, it's not Obama's fault. It's not your last employer's fault. It's not the economy's fault. It's your fault. It's because you don't have any skills. If you could code like a genius, you could find about 50 jobs right now where I live. You don't even have to code very well. You just have to know the basics and they'll they'll hire you instantly. If you know how to drill for oil the last couple of years and, and work on the oil patches, they would hire you instantly in this country. That's where all the job creation's going for now. Start supporting the collectors. Forget about these companies. They're going to come and go. They're all for sale. If somebody came in the door and offered them full book value for the company, the, the owners wouldn't even think about it. They, they wouldn't be able to say yes fast enough and get the money wired to them fast enough and say, here, take all these employees and take all this worthless cardboard. Take it. Here. Go. 
For tops, it's, oh, we owe 200 and some odd million dollars to lenders. If you came in there and paid that, you would instantly get the keys to the door. Instantly. And again, like my first point, it should be very telling that nobody brought no new money. Should be very telling that no existing company bought them or had any interest in buying them. I mean, yeah, somebody's going to pick it off the pick off the trademarks and pick off things here and there, but it's it it, it, it was after they basically went bankrupt. But no new money was interested in Press Pass. No fresh ideas was like, oh, maybe I'll be able to turn it around. Oh, they're doing these things wrong. I could easily turn them. It's guys probably looked at it and they were like, wow, that's a piece of crap. Later. So forget about these companies. They come and go. Support the collectors and getting new ones in and bringing new ones on board. And when you bring a new collector on board, show them the ropes and tell them the things that I say. Be careful. Be disciplined with what you spend your money on. Find what you want to do in the hobby. And it might take a while. And if you want to buy and resell and have that be kind of how you stay in the hobby, like I do. The only reason why I do these podcasts and I kind of stay in the hobby is because I like buying and reselling stuff. But don't make that your job. Don't make that how you feed your family. You're going to end up painfully disappointed one day how that will not work out. And there's there's people out there that are on Twitter and on eBay that look really big. Look like they, oh, they bust they bust 30 cases of every baseball product comes out. They, they must be killing it. No, 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 guys. That is not their real job. That is not how they make their money. It's a hobby. Yeah, they probably make money sometimes. Sometimes they lose money, but it's not going to make or break some of those people out there. That's the biggest mistake I see people make. Oh, I'll I'll just become big like this person. I'll break 30 cases of everything. That's the quickest way you go broke. And just like me, I say, hey, go, you know, buy the cards under 10 cents on check out my cards and double the price and you, you'll make money. But God knows I wouldn't try to feed my family that way. And I say I make a little money on it. It's one of dozens of ways I make money. Dozens. My 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 wife was actually joking to me the other day. She went and had dinner with some some people that I know. I couldn't go, but she was there and I know that family really well. And they nobody knows what I do or how I make money. And that's the it's not that I'm trying to hide it from anybody or that I don't want to talk about it or tell people how I make money. It's I have so many different ways that not one single one, I can't put my finger on one and say that is how I make most of my money. It all contributes. And if one goes away or two go away or half go away, it's not really a big deal for me. And so I can let my money ride on check on my cards. I've let my money ride for years on there. Reinvested, just deposited. I didn't have, I think I bought cards for 400 my brother bought them for 400 and something dollars i think i only had half the money on the site because i just keep buying and buying and buying but for collectors support other collectors stop buying stuff you don't need introduce some new collectors but show them that when you do that show them the risk and the ropes and tell them caution them and try to lead them on a path to being a sustainable collector, not one that just unloads all his money and all his passion into one week or two weeks or one season of buying, and then he's gone. For breakers, my advice just kind of goes along with what I just said. You need to find new sources of income. You need to find different ways to monetize this. I've seen breakers now uh, piecing out large breaks by the player, that is a 
excellent. That is an excellent way to kind of hide some of the profit that you're making and make more money. Sure, it makes it a little more complicated because now instead of you know sorting by team, now it's every player. So there's some extra layer of work in there. So price that in to that break. You need to be looking to raise margins as a breaker. I wouldn't worry. At some point, I would just try to build a solid enough brand and a solid enough marketing plan that you don't have to worry about the next breaker that's coming up or the breaker that's doing the break on the same day or whatever or whatever. It happens to be you know, moving up the ranks, however that works, in the, in the breaking industry. <laughs> I say that with a real large tongue in my cheek, but... I wouldn't worry about those guys now. I'd worry about how I could actually raise my margins. How can you raise your margins by charging a little bit more or figuring out add-ons? You know, yeah, you got all these guys buying breaks, but maybe there's something else there you can add them onto. Not anything gambling or rolling dices or, you know, one person wins this iPad mini and the rest of you are SOL. That's not a good add-on. There's a lot of other things that you probably can think of because you know your customers better than I do. But find new sources of revenue would be my one advice. I would breakers. I would stop if you're in this for the long haul. One, I would save up a cushion of money. Definitely have a cushion of money for we'll call it almost like your rainy day fund. Because there's going to be times when things go bad or there's going to be times when there's a strike. When the NBA doesn't have a season or doesn't have half a season. Or, you know, Panini like that, the one year basketball did strike for half the season or, you know, condense the season. I think they only put out a half dozen products. And if that could easily happen in football, that could easily happen in baseball. It could happen all at once. With all three sports, doing it all at once could do that. You'll want to be able to sustain yourself through those times. Um, and the, the, the best way to do that is create some kind of buffer for yourself. And, the, and what I like to do is take that money and then go go and buy, invest, in, you know, either buy some, you know, if you if you want to stay kind of semi-liquid buy some gold buy some silver you know be careful when you're buying that commodity because it can go up and down really quick too but you can do that or you can buy some short-term treasury or bond notes and you know you know just educate yourself for 30 minutes how to buy t-bills how to buy treasure short-term duration treasury bonds even though you know it's not I'm not say, I'm not recommending that as an investment advice, a long-term investment advice, but storing money and kind of keeping it not liquid cash where it's in your bank account, but semi-liquid, whether it's in the form of a coin or in the form of like a treasury bond note. Those are the typical ways most people will, will store cash in a non-cash fashion, if you get what I'm saying. Basically, may, Add a layer of, of how you can touch them. If, the, if, if you have a $10,000 buffer and it's just sitting in your bank account, it's not that hard to spend that money or get that money. But if you had $10,000 in silver or $10,000 in treasury bonds, it's going to take you a few days to liquidate that. So it makes you think about it. Makes you think, ah, do I really need this 10000 right now? Do I really want to dip into my kind of rainy day fund? Nah, I'll, you know, I'll wait a couple days and chances are you make it work and then you don't need to touch the money. So that's my biggest advice out there. Or if you're out there and you have trouble saving money, it's a good advice, not just for group breakers, but individuals have a buffer. Like I said, year a couple years ago, not even that long ago. I mean, we're in 2015. So it's getting to where it was like seven, eight years ago. I didn't have, I I didn't have a buffer. I dreamed of having a buffer. Now I could go, I'm, I've even, my wife has, 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 has gone to school more. She's studying to be a nurse. And so she can't, she's not even working most of the time. And God knows I don't have a job. 
but I have a buffer now. And I have backup just in case things go bad. I lose, uh, maybe I'll lose all my income. It's not going to bother me one bit. I'll have a year, two years, maybe even three years now, maybe longer than that to make up for it and figure out a new way to make money or go get a job. And breakers especially need to be out there because your your business is going to fluctuate and go up and down. And a card store owner is the same thing. Or if you're trying to make money selling on eBay or whatever. You need, a, you need one, backup sources of revenue. Make more revenue. But you also need to have a buffer of cash. That would be my New Year's resolution for any breaker out there that wanted to kind of be a big guy or a top guy or considered one of the top guys. You're not going to be a top guy unless you have I would I would say a low a very low ten thousand dollars is the, I, I, where I think I'd be and again it depends on where you live depends on how much your rent is at home or if you have brand new cars or if you have cable bills or all these other bills or kids might require twenty thirty forty thousand dollars you just want to find out how much you're spending on every month on average where you can live marginally comfortably cut out some of the vacations and stuff you don't need and figure that out for a 12 month basis or a six month basis and have that as kind of a backup. If you don't have that, you're going to be one of these breakers that were once on Twitter all the time and were once breaking at the national and breaking at the industry summit. And now you're gone. Now you're talking about football. Now you're, you're, you're just one of the guys. And lastly, for myself, I don't have any big New Year's resolutions. I just want to keep going on on the path that I am. The stock market's at a, an all-time high. Um, it's been, you know, bouncing around. I even have it up right at this moment. Ooh, that's down 8%. Uh, that probably makes... Ooh, that's down 4%. Um, whole market's been down. Um, so there's opportunities there. The stock predicting stocks going down is a much less crowded trade uh, than saying, oh, they're going to go up and they're going to go up forever. Um, so get on more sides of the, those kind of trades. It's probably my uh, my new for hobby. It's just keep doing what I'm doing. I don't buy any new stuff. I occasionally very rarely if I'm at a card store or I'm at a card show, I'll buy a pack or two, maybe but normally I'm just a single card. You know, I'm trying to scoop single cards. Occasionally I buy, well, I mean, the Bengals didn't really disappoint. Me. I was expecting them to lose without AJ Green and some key defense. I don't want to make excuses for the Bengals, but um, this playoff game loss wasn't as disappointing. I think I'm, I'm like numb to it now. Given the Giants just miraculously won the World Series, I'm not really too tripping about one of my teams winning something because I feel like I've already been blessed by God. I might as well not be greedy. But um, I occasionally buy Bengals cards. Occasionally. Occasionally I see NBA prospects that I think might be a little undervalued and I occasionally will buy them. But that doesn't always work out very well either. Um but I'll just keep doing what I'm doing with the hobby. I bought, I'm up to, I've bought over, I well over 10,000 cards on check out my cards just in the last two or three months. I think I was at 10,000 cards in September and now I'm over 7,000 and I've sold a few thousand since then in between that time. So I think I'm up quite a few cards on uh, check out my cards and I just, you know, cash is king. That's the beautiful thing about this hobby. And that's where you really can make some money is if you have cash because cash is king because guys want to sell on check out my cards in particular. Guys want to sell their whole port and I don't know their motivation. I don't know if they just want all the money at once. Maybe they got all this stuff really cheap or really and they're they're actually making money themselves. I don't know. I mean, most of the times I'm buying this for less than what it costs to get on the site. I mean, that's the one of the biggest 
that, that's one of the best ways to buy on Check Out My Cards is because you know the cards cost 25 cents. I mean, occasionally you run specials where you can get it down lower than that, but it costs 25 cents to get the card on the site. So if you can buy a couple thousand cards for less than what it costs to get them on the site, you know you're getting the cards really cheap. You don't even have to look. That's why I don't have to look. My brother buy, does a lot of the buying. He didn't even have to look at the cards. It doesn't matter who it is. Doesn't matter what the cards are. We've bought NASCAR. We bought. I bought a lot of NASCAR cards. I bought uh, garbage pail. A lot of garbage pail cards. Pokemon, uh, Magic the Gathering. You know, hockey cards, UFC cards. It, it doesn't matter what it is if you're getting it at the right price. And what I found is cash is absolutely king. On check out my cards. I really could use a little bit more cash, but then it would turn it into. Then I probably have a little too much invested in it. So that's why I've always, you know, didn't buy the, ten, basically not buy the, there's been ports on portfolios. People try to sell all their cards at once and it really is worth about 10 grand, eight grand, nine grand. And there's only a small few people on check on my cards and really the whole universe of card collecting that have 10,000 ready to go to buy on card. I don't even really have that that I want to spend on cards. I'll easily spend five, six, seven grand on some stocks that I believe in that I've fully researched. And uh, the time to get my money out is a lot shorter than $10,000 worth of baseball cards. But um, there, there's been some times where I, I know my brother and I've really thought about it. So there's, there's a market out there. If you have cash, if you have liquid cash ready to go, so for me, maybe trying to, I'd really like to buy some of those big ports because you have way less competition there. And it's just a, you know, when you have, when there's less buyers, the be, the better the price gets. That's kind of where we're at with these card companies. Since there are no buyers, as we saw with PressPass, there are no buyers for these card companies. It's either merge with like Leaf or it's go out of business, basically. And Leaf might have even turned its nose. I'm sure Press Pass probably had multiple discussions trying to get Leaf to buy them or merge with them or whatever. And it probably didn't make any sense. From a license, probably from mainly from a license perspective. The NASCAR license just didn't make sense. But when there's no buyers. If you are, if you do happen to be a buyer, you either get it off the scrap heap like people will do off press pass or you get it for a dirty, dirty cheap price. And so that's really the key in sport. If you want to become a dealer and become big in sports cards, I would, uh, what I would do is unless you have the kid, unless you inherited money or you have a really good job and you saved it up or whatever, you just have, you know, tens of, I would say tens of thousands of dollars just to kind of go. I would still, before you went out and blown it and bought a bunch of stuff with it, I would learn the market over a course of a year, maybe even two years, three years. And only put a percentage of your investment in. Start with only $500 worth of cards or buy only $1,000 worth of cards and see how you do. But the more money you have, especially in this hobby where cash is really, really king because guys want to sell their cards. So they, it's like a habit or it's an addiction for a lot of people. They need to sell their cards to buy more or to buy into another break or to buy another case to sell. And that's kind of where I'm at on checking my cards. I re- if, if the hobby went to zero, I'd be stuck with, you know, 17,000 cards that aren't worth anything. Do I need people to buy him? But also think about the level of work. The one reason I I certainly wouldn't want to be listing all these 17,000 cards on eBay one by one or a website one by one. Heck no. Why in the heck would I want to do that? So think about the time you will invest too. If you buy in big lots on eBay or buying big lots off private collectors, well, now you're stuck with it. Now you got to go out and sell it or take it to the auction house or whatever. That's a lot more time and a lot more effort and a lot more cost layered onto there. So you might, if you do have a lot of cash and you want to buy and sell cards, you might, that's why I migrated to check out my cards because it's not a lot of work. I can buy 1500 cards and, 
and within an hour or two have them all priced and be done. I don't have to package and ship any of them. I don't have to answer anybody's freaking email. I don't have to, you know, do a scan of the card. I don't have to do anything. All I have to do is price it and that's it. All I have to do is buy it and price it and that's it. That's it. And just wait. So those are those are some of my uh, New Year's resolutions. Just stick with the way I'm going. Um, watch, keep watching the industry. Keep trying to encourage people out there to look at it from a different perspective. But in the end, it's fun. I think people people think I'm not having fun recording these shows or blasting off on Twitter. I like doing that stuff. I like telling people they're stupid and then having it kind of play out. That's why I love the stock market. There's only so much I can say, guys, about how stupid Tops is or how stupid Panini or how bad of a business Press Pass was. But in stocks, it goes on forever. You know, a heck of a lot more people out there to kind of shoot it back to you. It's the same people in cards that are, oh, no, no, Colin, you're an idiot for saying Panini is, is bad. Or, oh, they're so nice of people over at Panini. How can you make fun of them? I don't make fun of anybody by name, usually. The company itself is an idiot. And poorly managed and poorly run and poorly conceived let alone press pass and tops and the upper deck and all the rest of them. So we'll see what happens. Crystal ball is now gone. And that about wraps it up for today's show. Thank you. I don't even know if anybody's tuning in anymore. Again, I asked for feedback. I asked for other people's new year's resolution. I got zilch zero. Nothing on Twitter. So usually somebody comes in somewhere, either through, usually through email. Didn't get an email. Maybe you guys are busy. Maybe I should actually promote the show. Maybe I should do something other than record it and upload it. I don't even tweet it out or put it on Facebook. I don't do any of that. I'm often, I don't even know if I put the last show up on my website yet. I'm lazy about doing that now. So maybe no wonder. Maybe I only have myself to blame. But it's no big deal. You can always reach me at sportscardshow at gmail.com at sportscardradio. I started this podcast likely with no listeners. And I really, you know, at this point, I don't really mind if there's less than that even listening today. But if you are listening, I definitely, I don't want to underestimate how much I appreciate that. I don't really care if you contact me or not. I don't live my life waiting for the email to come through with praise or not. That, that's not going to make my day necessarily any better or worse. I do like to hear from people. The reason why I ask for opinions is I want to base my opinion on what I hear from you guys. You guys are spending your money. You guys have different collecting philosophies. You guys collect cards differently. You guys see the companies in a different light. I want to hear from you. And you don't have to write me and tell me how you much you love the show or how long you listen. I appreciate that. But really, I want to hear what your opinions are, what you think. And, and you know, I, I probably could do a better job at writing back right away. Or sometimes I probably let some emails go, but I read them and it makes a big difference. So on that note, but on on that note, I just want to say, if you're listening, I really appreciate it. I don't want you to think I do this and I post it and I don't give a crap about anybody. I care about you. If it's like four of you guys, I care about all four of you. And I appreciate you listening and I appreciate anybody that out there that is or has enjoyed it in the past or will in the future. Thanks for tuning in. But for now, you're going to have to wait another time, another day. But we are out of here.